That song that we sang a moment ago, page 31, the name higher overall, I've never heard. I've heard the tune, but to different words. That last verse really speaks a great deal to what I'll be speaking on today. And while, you're, uh, while I'm reading this, if you want to turn to Jonah chapter 1. His only righteousness I show, his saving truth proclaim. Tis all my business here below to cry, behold the Lamb. Tis all my business here below to cry, behold the Lamb. That was a blessing to hear and sing. and It really gets to the heart of the matter. Behold the Lamb, which taketh away the sin of the world, as John the Baptist said. Jonah chapter 1. We'll have a rather extended reading this morning. We'll read all the way through, I know this is rather unorthodox, but we'll read all the way through the whole book. It's only about 47, 48 verses, about two pages on my Bible, but I think it'll be a very good and uh, advantageous uh, task. Jonah chapter 1. Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go into Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it. For their wickedness is come up before me. But Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord, and went down to Joppa, and he found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare thereof, and went down into it, to go with them unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. But the Lord sent out a great wind into the sea, and there was a mighty tempest in the sea, so that the ship was like to be broken. Then the mariners were afraid and cried, Every man to his God, unto his God. And cast forth the wares that were in the ship into the sea to lighten it of them. But Jonah was gone down into the sides of the ship, and he lay and was fast asleep. So the shipmaster came to him and said unto him, What meanest thou, O sleeper? Arise, call upon thy God. If so be that God will think upon us, that we perish not. They said, and they said, every one of his fellow, come. Let us cast lots that we may know for whose cause this evil is upon us. So they cast lots, and the lot fell upon Jonah. Then said they unto him, Tell us, we pray thee, for whose cause this evil is upon us. What is thine occupation, and whence comest thou? What is thy country? Of what people art thou? He said unto them, I am an Hebrew, and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, which hath made the sea and the dry land. Then were the men exceedingly afraid, and said unto him, Why hast thou done this? For the men knew that he had fled from the presence of the Lord, because he had told them. Then said they unto him, What shall we do unto thee, that the sea may be calm unto us? For the sea wrought and was tempestuous. And he said unto them, Take me up and cast me forth into the sea, so shall the sea be calm unto you. For I know that for my sake this great tempest is upon you. Nevertheless the men rode hard to bring it into the land, but they could not, for the sea was... For the sea wrought and was tempestuous against them. Wherefore they cried unto the Lord and said, We beseech thee, O Lord, we beseech thee, let us not perish for this man's life, and lay not upon us innocent blood, for thou, O Lord, hast done as it pleased thee. So they took up Jonah and cast him forth into the sea, and the sea ceased from her raging. Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly and offered a sacrifice unto the Lord and made vows. Now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Then Jonah prayed unto the Lord, his God, out of the fish's belly. 
and said, I cried by reason of mine affliction unto the Lord, and he heard me. Out of the belly of hell cried I, and thou heardest my voice. For thou hast called me into the deep, in the midst of the seas, and the floods compassed me about. All thy billows and thy waves passed over me. Then I said, I am cast out of thy sight, yet I will look again toward thy holy temple. The waters compassed me about, even to the soul. The depths closed me round about, the weeds were wrapped about my head. I went down to the bottoms of the mountains, the earth with her bars was about me forever. Yet hast thou brought up my life from corruption, O Lord. My God, when my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer came in unto thee, into thine holy temple. They that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy. But I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay that I have vowed, salvation is of the Lord. And the Lord spake unto the fish, and it vomited out Jonah upon the dry land. And the word of the Lord came unto Jonah a second time. I always, always love that, reading through that. And the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the second time, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and preach unto it the preaching that I bid thee. So Jonah arose and went into Nineveh, according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceeding great city, a three days' journey. And Jonah began to enter into the city a day's journey. And he cried and said, Yet forty days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. So the people of Nineveh believed God and proclaimed a fast and put on sackcloth from the greatest of them even unto the least of them. For word came unto the king of Nineveh and he arose from his throne and he laid his robe from him and covered him with sackcloth and sat in ashes. And he caused it to be proclaimed and published through Nineveh by the decree of the king and his nobles saying, Let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything. Let them not feed nor drink water. But let man and beast be covered with sackcloth and cry mightily unto God. Yea, let them turn every one from his evil way and from the violence that is in their hands. Who can tell if God will turn his fierce anger that we perish not? And God saw their works that they turned from their evil way. And God repented of the evil that he had said that he would do unto them. And he did it not. But it displeased Jonah exceedingly. And he was very angry, and he prayed unto the Lord and said, I pray thee, Lord, was not this my saying when I was yet in my country? Therefore I fled before unto Tarshish, for I knew that thou art a gracious God, and merciful, slow to anger, and of great great kindness, and repentest thee of the evil. Therefore now, O Lord, take, I beseech thee, my life for me. For it is better for me to die than to live. Then said the Lord, Doest thou well to be angry? So Jonah went out of the city and sat on the east side of the city, and there made him a booth, sat under it on the shadow, till he might see what would become of the city. Lord God prepared a gourd and made it to come up over Jonah, that it might be a shadow over his head to deliver him from his grief. So Jonah was exceeding glad for the gore of the gourd. But God prepared a worm when the morning rose the next day, and it smote the gourd that it withered. And it came to pass when the sun did rise, and that God prepared a vehement east wind, and the sun beat upon the head of Jonah, that he fainted, and wished in himself to die, and said, It is better for me to die than to live. And God said to Jonah, Doest thou well to be angry? For the gourd. 
And he said, I do well to be angry, even unto death. Then said the Lord, Thou hast had pity on the gourd, for that which thou hast not labored, neither madest it grow, which came up in a night and perished in a night. And should not I spare Nineveh, that great city, wherein are more than six score thousand persons that cannot discern between their right hand and their left hand, and also much cattle. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. Let's go to him in prayer one more time. Our Heavenly Father, help us not to be wearied at thy word. Help us to run to it as the heart panteth after the water brooks, Lord. Help us to submit to thy word. Bless the preaching of thy word. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. The first thing I want to look at in this passage is the prosperity of sin, or the seeming prosperity of sin. As you open up this passage, it says, Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah. Very clear, very direct. There was no doubt in Jonah's mind what God's word was. It was clear. God had spoken, and Jonah had received that message. He said, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness is come up before me. So we learned later on in that text that Nineveh was an exceeding great city, a three days journey, full of wickedness and vice. And it seemed to this point that they would be getting away with their sin. They were continuing on in unrighteousness as a city, as a whole. God said, Jonah, here's my word. Arise and go tell them what I tell you to tell them. And Jonah rose. So far, so good. But he rose up to flee into Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. The clear word of God came to him, and he went the other direction. He rose up. And he went down to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord, leaving behind the presence of the Lord. At first glance, as you're just reading through this, if this was the first time you ever read it, so far, so good. He went down to Joppa, and he found a ship going to Tarshish. So you can imagine him in your mind's eye. He's packing his belongings, his earthly goods, possessions. He gets his money together, his coins, puts them in his, in his pocket. He starts making his way down to the coastal city of Joppa. He sees all the exciting events of that coastal city, the trade routes and the ships that are coming in, the active life of that harbor. It's exciting. Things seem to be going pretty well. He can hear the jangle of the coins in his pocket. He starts looking around. He's going to find a ship to Tarshish. Yes, the word of the Lord said, go this other way. But he's looking this other route, and and the door appears to open for him. And sin seems to be going by unpunished. So he finds uh, the merchantman, and he pays the fare thereof, slings his bags over his shoulder, and he works his way down into the belly of that ship. They take out across the open ocean, the Mediterranean. There seems to be some form of prosperity there. He goes down into the hole of the ship and he lays his head on his pillow and he apparently was not kept up too much at night. He fell fast asleep. 
things seem to be going all right for Jonah. But then up, up on deck, the mariners looking out across the ocean, they see off in the distance there's a storm coming up. The wind starts to blow against their faces. They start strapping things down, getting ready. There's a storm coming. These mariners knew how to handle and weather a storm. That's what they did for a living. Pretty soon, the rain starts to beat upon them. The wind starts howling, starts to concern these men. And very quickly, they realize this storm is far greater than anything they can handle. They start throwing all their goods over, overboard. These were ungodly men. It seemed like they had things going pretty well for them too, but no. No, they, had to throw the, they lost their stuff. They started throwing it overboard. So the shipmaster came in to him, Jonah, as he was sleeping. He said unto him, What meanest thou, O sleeper? Arise, call upon thy God, if so be that God will think upon us, that we perish not. They're at their wit's end. They said at every one to his fellow, Come, let us cast lots, that we may know for whose cause this evil is upon us. So they cast lots, and a lot fell upon Jonah. And there may be a prosperity in sin for a season. But we must be sure that our sin will find us out. The scriptures say, be sure your sin will find you out. And though there was the prosperity of sin, there was also the providence of God. For the Lord sent that storm to arrest his servant. And then the Lord, the Bible tells us that the lot is cast into the lap, but the whole disposing thereof is of the Lord. The Lord revealed the secret things of Jonah. And we start gleaning through this passage as we read through a moment ago, and we see this, the providence of God working and moving. God is preparing things in the life of His servant. So Jonah says, the only hope here, I, I serve the Lord God of heaven and I fear Him, the only hope here is to throw me overboard. The sailor said, oh, we can't do that, so we're going to keep trying harder. But the scripture says that the winds blew harder and were tempestuous, and they couldn't bring it to land. So finally, they take Jonah up, and they cast him into the sea. And as he's falling, you can imagine the wind blowing, the rain coming down upon him. He's soaked, and he lands in the water, and there's a flat calm. But then Jonah, as he starts to sink, would soon realize that he was in the hands, he was at the hands of the Lord. And the Lord says he prepared a great fish to swallow Jonah. I've often I remember as a child I we had a little book and we opened it up and it's permanently Stained my memory and my idea of my imagination of what Jonah was like. I, you open the book and there was a little girl that was there following the story of Jonah, and so there was a picture of Jonah inside the whale, and he had a little table, a desk he was sitting at, and it was kind of nice and roomy. He had a little light bulb above him. I always thought that was kind of interesting. And so it kind of made it, you hear it as a children's story, and you think, oh, that's kind of a that's an interesting little account there. 
But the pain that Jonah went through is unfathomable. The terror which would have gone through his heart as the darkness came about him, the pain of the acid in the stomach of a whale, of any creature, be sure your sin will find you out. He had been given the clear word of God. He was told a direction to go, and Jonah said, "Mm, I'm going to go elsewhere. So the Lord brings about this whale into his life to arrest him, quite literally, and bring him to a place of humility. For the Lord chasteneth whom he loveth. And we see Jonah's prayer in chapter 2. And he cried by reason of his affliction unto the Lord. And the Lord heard him out of the belly of hell. He cried. Then he said, I am cast out of thy sight, yet I will look again toward thy holy temple. And we start seeing the Lord has dealt with his servant. Now Jonah realizes, I will return to the Lord. I must call upon him for mercy. There was no... It's, it's interesting to know, Jonah did not, or to note that Jonah did not know the end of this story. As far as he was concerned, that was the end. He, he was about, he was going to die. I mean, if, if I was swallowed by a whale, I would have zero hope of getting out of that situation. The judgment of God appeared to have been passed upon his life. But Jonah called out for mercy. And the Lord was rich unto him. And the Lord spake unto the fish, and the fish vomited him out unto the dry land. And the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the second time, saying, Arise, go unto Nineveh, that great city, and preach unto it the preaching that I bid thee. And Jonah did. This time, Jonah said, Oh, okay, I, do. I will obey the word of the Lord. God's word is true. I must obey it. So he gets up and he goes and does as the Lord had told him to do. And we see that the king of Nineveh experienced the very same mercy that Jonah experienced. The king of Nineveh had no good news for him at that point. He said, yet forty days in Nineveh shall perish. In the same way that Jonah was in the belly of the whale, it wasn't looking good. There was not much mercy or hope there. But the king of Nineveh, after hearing the word of God and seeing his circumstances, the Bible says that they and the people of Nineveh believed God. And it was accounted unto them for righteousness, as it was to Abraham. And they called out on the Lord for mercy. And the Lord was rich unto them and gave them mercy, just as he had given it to Moses, his servant, while he was in the belly of the whale. And he delivered them from destruction. But now we have the priorities of Jonah. In chapter 4, But it displeased Jonah exceedingly. And he was very angry, and he prayed unto the Lord and said, I pray thee, Lord, was not this my saying when I was yet in my country? Therefore I fled before unto Tarshish, for I knew that thou art a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness, repentest thee of the evil. Therefore now, Lord, I beseech thee, my uh, I beseech thee, take, I, take my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. The Lord said to Jonah, Doest thou well to be angry? Is this a good reason to be angry, Jonah? 
It angered Jonah that the Lord had mercy on those countless souls. The Lord says, is this this a valid reason to be angry, Jonah? So Jonah went out of the city and sat on the east side of the city. And there made him a booth and sat under it in the shadow until he might see what would become of the city. And the Lord God prepared a gourd. We see his providence once again. He prepared a gourd and made it to come up over Jonah, that it might be a shadow over his head to deliver him from his grief. So Jonah was exceedingly glad over the gourd. We learn that God created a worm and smote that gourd. And it came to pass when the sun did arise that God prepared a vehement east wind and beat upon the head of Jonah that he fainted and wished in himself to die and said, It is better for me to die than to live. And God asked Jonah the same question again. Doest thou well to be angry for the gourd? Even unto death. And he said, I do well to be angry even unto death. Then said the Lord, Thou hast had pity on the gourd for that which thou hast not labored. Neither madest it grow which came up in a night and perished in a night. And should I and should not I spare Nineveh, that great city wherein are more than six score thousand persons that cannot discern between their right hand and their left hand, and also much cattle. And we see Jonah's priorities. We're not on obeying the Lord and the, soul, the love of the souls of men. His priorities were on immediate comforts. His priorities were for very temporal, earthly goods. And as I've read through this passage more and more, I have felt more and more conviction God's word has been made very clear to us. We hold his word in our laps, in our hands. We read it. We know it. There are, yes, there are some passages that are difficult to understand, but there are passages that are very easy to understand. And children understand them. It's come to us. But for some reason or other, I find it in my own heart so easy to just get up and ignore those passages, to go another direction. And when it comes to evangelization, I find myself just, yeah, I'll get around to it. Or I want to go deal with people that I want to deal with. You know, I love working at camps. It's fun working at camps. You get to work with a lot of kids. I really don't like working with teenagers, though. (laughs) Teenagers pretty quickly can get really, really ornery. And it's easier just to say, yeah, whatever, and just, you know, grit your teeth and make your way through to the weekend. You won't see them until the next year. Just be gone. It's easy to look at the really wickedness, or the great wickedness, and the really wicked cities of this world, to look at California and just say, I hope they just fall off the edge of the map. Well, I really don't want anything to do with them. Oh, I'll, go, I'll go teach the children, you know, because I, I, I feel comfortable with that. But the Bible says clearly in many, many different occasions, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every living creature. 
And then back home, I sit and, you know, my $20,000 gourd, a car that the Lord has provided me with, a house, a roof over my head that gets a leak, these things start to consume believers' minds. You know, we get in a car accident, and we're you know, maybe just a fender bender, some, not something too... <laughs> I understand if there's you know, injuries and whatnot, but if you just get a fender bender, you're out financially, it's rough. The Lord gave that in the first place. And it's so easy to be stirred to emotions and really start dwelling on that subject, and that becomes the focus and chief end of what I'm going to accomplish today and deal with. That is what I will deal with. And we hear of souls dying and going to hell. I hear of them in Greenville. We know they do so here in Phoenix as well. And it's so easy to sit back and worry and and get frustrated and be full of care for the physical things of this earth. And to not reach out, some save with fear, hating even the garment spotted with the flesh. There's a song. I'll pull the texts up here. Hark the voice of Jesus calling, who will go and serve today? I don't know if you're familiar with it, but the text really has struck me over the years. Fields are ripe and harvests waiting. Who will bear the sheaves away? They are there. God has promised, I have a harvest. Go into this harvest. Jonah, arise, go and give the, the preaching that I bid thee. Phoenix Pre-Presbyterian Church, arise, go and give the preaching that I bid thee. I remember I was listening to a sermon by Paisley, and there was a little old lady that said, Dr. Paisley, I, I don't know anybody that I can uh, bring to church. I don't know anybody that I can reach. And of course, it was a different age. It was in the 50s. And he said, well, the milkman comes to your door, doesn't he? He said, the bread man comes to your door. Have you invited them to church? Have you invited them out to hear the preaching of the Word of God? And, she, and Paisley said that before long, that little old lady had a row full of new believers. The milkman, the bread man, the newspaper boy. We need to be busy about our Father's business. Continuing on in this, this poem. Loud and long the Master calls us. Rich reward he offers free. He offers reward. He that winneth souls is wise. Who will answer gladly saying, Here am I, send me, send me. If you cannot cross the ocean and the distant lands explore, for some of us it is just simply not possible. You can find the lost around you. You can help them at your door. If you cannot give your thousands, you can give the widow's might. What you truly give for Jesus will be precious in his sight. If you cannot speak like angels, if you cannot preach like Paul, you can tell the love of Jesus, you can tell he died for all. If you cannot rouse the wicked with the judgment's dread alarms, you can lead the little children to the Savior's waiting arms. 
If you cannot be a watchman standing high on Zion's wall, pointing out the path to heaven, offering life and peace to all, with your prayers, the free church is a praying church, and that's very encouraging. With your prayers and with your bounties, you can do what heaven demands. You can be like faithful Aaron holding up the prophet's hands. If among the older people you may not be apt to teach, feed my lambs, said Christ our shepherd, place the food within their reach. And it may be that the children you have led with trembling hand will be found among your jewels when you reach the better land. Let none hear you idly saying, there's nothing I can do, while the lost of heaven are dying, of earth are dying, and the master calls for you. Take the task he, gladly, or he gives you gladly. This command, the word of the Lord coming unto us, saying, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Go to your neighbors, go to the grocery store. Go to the gas station. Let his work your pleasure be. Answer quickly when he calls you. Here am I, send me, send me. I hope that is the prayer of this body of believers. Here am I, Lord, send me. You know, this is one of the best Educated in the scriptures, taught in the scriptures congregations that I've been able to attend and just, and just visit in with. We have been committed great things, great and precious truths. Let us relay those truths on to those who do not have those truths. Praying that the Spirit of God convicts and draws men into the preaching of His Son they might find their Savior. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we thank Thee that Thou hast written these things for our admonition. Lord, we thank Thee for working in the heart of Jonah, and we do see that Thou didst bring him unto a place of submission. Lord, please bring us to a place of submission. Humble us, Lord, that we might preach Thy Word, that we might come unto Thee and pray unto Thee, call upon Thee, and watch Thee answer us. And Lord, we pray that You might keep us from the idea that our lives are first and foremost for the earth. O Lord, keep us from it. For our chief end is to glorify Thee and to obey Thy word, to enjoy Thee forever. Lord, we know that Thou hast ordained the preaching of Thy word to be the means in which You gather in Thy people. Lord, help us to study the Scriptures, that we may have clear clear presentations of the Gospel to give to the lost and dying world. Give us a burden for the souls of men. The burden which Jonah did not have in the beginning. Lord, burden us for those thousands who know not their left hand from their right hand. 
Lord, we pray these things in thy Son, Christ's name. Amen.